Yes, it is that time of year, Thanksgiving time, the time that we love as football fans uh, and just, you know, as Americans, really. Uh, Pep and I here to talk about football and, of course, our, our love for Thanksgiving. Pep, how are you doing? Wow, it's really incredible. Um, leading up to this podcast today, I was feeling a lot of fear and then... Just listening to that beautiful song by Scott Messina featuring Eric Scott, I felt that Thanksgiving really is removing my fear. I feel good. I feel ready to talk some football. Well, that's that's great. I mean, before we get into the football, I mean, got any uh, big plans for Thanksgiving or um, just uh, going to eat a lot of food? And- um, you know, really just taking a kneel and saying a prayer that the Cowboys sign Matt McGloin so that he can get his revenge on the Raiders for this game coming up. Yeah, that's important. And the Cowboys will want be looking to bounce back um, as will, you know, a few other teams. Uh, some, some crazy football happened in this past few weeks. We kind of talked about it last time. It didn't stop this week. There was more, more upsets, uh, more just wild, wild results um and yeah right now i mean what do you make of especially the afc there just doesn't seem to be any good teams who who do you think is the best team in the afc right now (laughs) yeah you are you nailed it i i just i don't really recall a, a year like this where there's a point where uh you really can't tell who's the best right now usually you at least have one or two teams where you can always count on to be you know, the best and have very few flaws. But right now, the AFC is the wild, wild west right now. Um, and the team that's consistently showing up over the past few weeks is the New England Patriots to me. <laughs> you know, I was going to say the same thing. And this is, uh, I, I made the overreaction last time. And uh, I think you think it might have been true that they're just the best team in the AFC right now. It's crazy. They, they're playing the Titans this week. The Titans were the number one. I think they're still the number one seed in the AFC. Um, and yet, the, the I mean, all of us picked the Patriots. Uh, spoiler alert in the pick them. We all, we all took the Patriots. The Patriots are a six-point favorite in this game, um, which is crazy to me. Uh, but I, I'd probably still take the Patriots if I'm betting on against the spread uh i mean they, they've been that dominant the titans have have obviously just lost to the texans so <laughs> yeah uh I, I, w- I have to speak on that game just a tiny bit because i texted you just saturday night and and i just had this realization it had been a long day for me and i was just like you know this is the exact game the titans lose 
this is the game the Titans will definitely lose. Somehow the Texans are going to pull this out. And, <laughs> you know, because the Titans are they're a good team when they're the underdogs. But when they're <laughs> favored to win, trouble is brewing. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill is going to throw some picks. Yeah, and I, I loved that take when you when you texted it to me, and that, that's uh, one of the reasons I picked one of my locks of the week, where the the Texans at uh, plus nine point five. Uh, I I loved that because it, it reminded me a lot of the week before, where the Ravens were playing the Dolphins on Thursday night, and they, they you know the Ravens were coming off a bunch of big emotional wins, where uh, you know they played some tight games against some good opponents and got a little lucky in all of them. Um, the Titans were kind of coming off the same thing, and now they – and then obviously going at this one, the divisional game, and it's uh, against a bad team. They're, you know, figured they're going to walk all over the Texans, and, and they don't. Um, and, it you know, it, it's it's somewhat surprising, but the way things have gone, it wasn't really that surprising to me. Uh, you know, with all the upsets that have happened, this seemed like a milder one. Uh, even though you know it's the worst team in the AFC against the number one team in the AFC, <laughs> and it wasn't even the Texans being like great and playing a really great yeah. game. And as a matter of fact, they're quite terrible. Their leading rusher was Rex Burkhead with 18 touches for 41 yards. That was apparently good enough for them to say, "All right, we're cutting Philip Lindsay." But really, the Titans just shot themselves in the foot that whole game. Ryan Tannehill threw what four interceptions? Yeah, he threw four. It was just a it was a messy game. Tyrod passing for 107 yards. Still, the Texans managed to put up 22 points. Good on them. Good on them and Coley's crew over there. Uh, but going into this next week, who knows what Titans we see. But the Patriots have given us enough on in tape and on paper to make us all confident in that pick. Yeah, the, uh, the the Texans ended this game with six straight three and outs, and the Titans still couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do anything with those uh, with those gifts that the that their defense kept giving them. I mean, I don't know if that's really that impressive to get six straight three and outs against the Texans, but it's uh, it, it was this was a rough game to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially as someone who started Ryan Tannehill in the league, but I did manage to win in that league. Uh, so, well, from a fantasy perspective, this week was kind of a backbreaker for a few people who were facing Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Just a quick, you know, 53 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, late breaking John- performance, man. Yeah, this that was another surprising performance in the Bills. Uh, you know, I even though they I didn't have the best record in the AFC, most people I think they were they were the Super Bowl favorites from Vegas, uh, you know, obviously still a low percentage but um they had the highest odds to to win the super bowl um and they just get trounced by the colts i mean it was really just all jonathan taylor uh who is just just a monster by the way i i love jonathan taylor he was so good in this game if you just watch some of the runs that he had um he's he's incredible he really is (laughs) just a mean runner. And I love that he can also catch too. Um, and that got to give credit to the Colts offensive line. Um, I think obviously the bills in every defensive category are right up there. And that scared a lot of people away this week from starting Jonathan Taylor. But um, 
I was reading an article from Derek Brown at FTN Daily, and he was he was smart enough to point out, look at what Derek Henry did to him earlier this season. You know, 156 yeah. for three touchdowns. That made sense to me. And with the Colts offensive line playing the way it is, with Jonathan Taylor playing the way he is, I wouldn't count the Colts out either as one of those hot teams. Yeah, the Colts are looking great right now. I mean, they're they're six and five now. I mean, uh, they're right in there for that wild card spot. I mean, they could catch the Titans. Um, the I mean, they're two games back of the Titans. They have already been swept by the Titans, so it is a tall task. But you know, the, the Titans are definitely vulnerable here without Derrick Henry. I know they were able to get a few wins, and we don't want to overreact to one loss, but since since Derrick Henry has been out, their offense has just been bad. Um, so I don't know that their defense can just carry them through the rest of the season. It might be good enough just with this lead in the division to hold on uh, to the division lead, but uh, with the Colts playing the way they are, I don't know that there are too many teams that can beat them. And the Colts this upcoming week, they're facing the Bucks, right? They are. So that will definitely be a tough, tough game for them. Tough game, but I definitely see Michael Pittman in a smash spot for that game. I like that call. Um, yeah, Bucks obviously banged up in the secondary, so um, and Michael Pittman's been like their only receiver, uh, so he's uh, he's had a great year. Um, we'll see what Jonathan Taylor do, can do against that tough Bucks run defense, but uh, it's definitely been a little bit more vulnerable as of, as of late. Especially if uh, if Vita Bay is still out, um, I'm guessing he'll return, but we'll see. That could be a big loss. The Bucks defense, their rushing defense, at least that is something you can count on to be good and not fall apart like the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope so. I mean, well, I don't know. It depends on who you're rooting for. I, I like Jonathan Taylor, although I don't have him on any of my fancy teams, unfortunately. So I, I might have threw it against him. Um, but he was, anyway. in a, he was in a bit of a interesting spot um, in the top 10 this year going into fantasy. Yeah, it was like early on in the offseason, he was going like top five, which was like, I was like, that that just seems high with, you know, I knew Naheem Hines was still going to work in as the pass catcher. Um, I, I love him as a player, but just felt like there might, he might not get quite as many opportunities as some of the other players. Um, but Turns out I was wrong. I should have just taken him because I think he's so good. So uh, disappointed I didn't didn't draft him in, in more spots. But you know, uh, I think next year I, he he could be in consideration for the number one overall pick in fantasy. Yeah, definitely could. And also Marlon Mack going into the season, his status was a little murky, but still he was in the backfield. Yeah, no, and I I did think that was I never thought Marlon Mack would overtake Jonathan Taylor or anything that. That's obviously ridiculous, but I thought he would, you know, work in a little bit. Um, and he's kind of disappeared, which doesn't surprise me because John Taylor's been so good. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just thought it was a little, little rich. Um, but he ended up sliding a little bit more, and I honestly should have taken advantage of that. But lesson learned. I will, I will gladly take him in the top three next year. So. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the, I mean, who else in the AFC? I mean, the the Ravens, uh, you know, managed to get a win this week, even without Lamar Jackson. Not 
the most impressive games, but you know, you start in Kyler Huntley, they they managed to get a win. Um, obviously, we know the the Chiefs get back on track with the, a win against Dallas, but you know their offense wasn't that impressive. What what do you make of the Chiefs' win this week? I think it was definitely uh, much needed for the Chiefs to get at least somewhat of a defensive win. Um, they also you got to see a little bit of CEH it was, it was back. A- it was a huge defensive win. I mean, they had five sacks, uh, three and a half for Chris Jones. Yeah, you, that's what they needed, a more dominant defensive performance. We've seen the ceiling for their offense. We've seen what happens when it's not great, putting up, well, only 19 points for Chiefs standards. Uh, so this defensive performance, you're right, Chris Jones was a beast. Uh this is partly me just being like sick of talking about the chiefs week in and week out. Like yeah. <laughs> the chiefs had a good game hats off to them. CEH came back, got in the end zone. Good for him. Uh, we'll probably see more of this from the chiefs moving forward. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I know we do talk about this pretty much every week. Um, you know, are the chiefs back? Are they, are they done or, you know, whatever, but I, it's very interesting. Cause like they, their offense was not great in this game. Uh, their defense was amazing, which I don't know that they can keep that up, but uh, it's hard to imagine their offense. I, I, I've said this a bunch that their offense won't get back on track. Um, obviously they had a monster performance just last week. So uh, it's not like they're, they can't, they're not capable of that. Um, but just if they're not consistent, like they have been, then I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine them going to another Super Bowl, but then again, none of the AFC teams have been consistent, so you know somebody's got to get there. Yeah, I remember when the Raiders were at the top of that division. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> how the mighty have fallen there. Yeah, I remember how this division was looking like like the best division in football. All all these teams got a shot. Now the Chiefs, who were having like their worst season under Patrick Mahomes, are just right back, right back on top. <laughs> <laughs> it i shouldn't be talking about it because we can't throw up a picture on the podcast but that picture reeb sent of Derek carr was kind oh, yeah. of, that was a weird picture Derek yeah. Carr has to get a haircut please <laughs> uh, i think he needs to get a lot of things but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah tough tough scene for the raiders uh they lose to the the Bengals. um afc north is definitely heating up as well um Bengals get a win. Um, Steelers put up a uh, you know a nice comeback, but don't quite get it done against the Chargers. Um, Ravens, uh, like uh, like I mentioned, get the win um, without without Lamar Jackson and the Browns. You know, just squeak one past Tim Boyle and the Lions. <laughs> it is a sin, and somebody should go to jail for putting Gus Johnson on the call for this game. <laughs> give him a good game. Don't give him Browns Lions. If if you guys are only going to give us so much of Gus Johnson, actually he had Lavar Arrington color commentating with him. I th- I think really? so. Maybe it was good for Lavar Arrington to get this game, but don't yeah. put him with Gus Johnson. That's my only take on that game. I do feel kind of bad for Baker Mayfield. He's playing with like half an arm at this point. Yeah, I I get that, but like at the same time, like just just don't play. Like if if you're that hurt, just 
just let Case Keenum play. Like you're not helping anybody by by coming in the game. I know you think you're being tough and uh, ready for your team, but like you're just hurting your team at this point, in my opinion. Um, so I I think it's hard. I feel like he kind of deserves some of this criticism. Yeah, I in a perfect world you'd at least give him like a week off. Yeah. Yeah, All that's right. not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't see why. I mean, Case Keenum's like a good backup quarterback. I, I'd let, let him play and, you know, hopefully get Baker healthy. I know he's, he's supposed to have surgery, so, if you know, if he does have surgery, then he's probably out for the rest of the year. So it's sort of a tricky situation. But um, I don't know. At, at the same time, I'd rather – sort of just let him sit out the rest of the year. I know he's not going to want to do that because he's looking for an extension. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's This Browns team just doesn't seem like it's going anywhere to me. It's probably going to be that, you know, just middle of the pack team, which is still an improvement from the Browns of former a few years ago. Like they're not going to be in the running for a top 10 draft pick. Like they'll they'll be in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think of, of – do you think the Ravens are still a favorite in this division? Um, uh, the Bengals had a nice bounce-back game. Um, you think they can give the, the Ravens a run for their money? I think so. I think so. Um, if Lamar can come back this following week and put on a performance where he just puts up monster fantasy numbers – and just carries the whole team on his back yet again. Uh, I, I definitely can still see this division going to the Ravens. Uh, the Bengals' win over Oakland or <laughs> Las Vegas just it it was nice. It was solid. It just didn't feel like convincing enough to me to be like, okay, the Bengals are back and have a chance to win this. Yeah, it's like beating the Raiders at this point. This doesn't really feel that impressive, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I feel like they it's definitely much needed. I mean, they, they did end up winning thirty two to thirteen, so it, yeah, it, it is a a fairly good win. Um, you know, I think Joe Mixon's having a really quietly having a really good year. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase uh, is is a beast, um, and and Joe Burrow's been fine. Um, he's not like lighting up the scoreboard, the box score, or anything, but. Um, uh, you know, I think the defense has been the most inconsistent thing. There have been games where they've been like really good, and there's been games where they've been really bad. So we'll have to we'll have to see there. I think that's that's kind of the biggest question for this team. Yeah, yeah, I gotta agree with you. Um, Joe Mixon really isn't getting enough love <laughs> from yeah. everybody. You know, <laughs> he he just deserves to you know uh, all the. You know, it deserves everybody's praise. So he's like playing like the running back everyone's are always wanted him to be. Yeah, it is kind of funny. Like I think we've just like every year he's like drafted high in fantasy and people are hoping, you know, to have a big year from him and he's he's finally doing it and it's just like it's not talked about it at all. Um you know, obviously you know, nobody's feeling bad for Joe Mixon. So uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm just surprised more people haven't uh, haven't really talked about it. I mean, Jamar Chase is obviously the the big story on that team. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think AFC North uh, 
uh, it's sort of the same as all the other AFC divisions. I mean, uh, we just don't know who's going to win. And the Patriots on top of the AFC East, um, they just look like the mo- they just you know have just been destroying teams. So uh, we'll see this this week. They um, get uh, get a little bit of a test against the Titans, I guess. But like I said, you know they're six point favorites. We're all taking them, so um, we'll see if the Titans can slow them down at all. Yeah, this is the Jonu Smith revenge game, by the way, so it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a bloodbath of one target, zero yards. <laughs> Sounds about right. Maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a rush. I bet Jonu Smith gets a rushing touchdown. I'm going to put that as, <laughs> as a prop bet. Jonu Smith rushing touchdown. I would put that at plus nine thousand. <laughs> Hey, I'll, I'll take that. Um, all right. Well, um, let's, uh, there, there were some, also some, uh, some news items for the week. Um, Jason Garrett fired as Giants offensive coordinator. Um, Pat, what, what do you think of this? Do you think this was the kind of unfair on Jason Garrett? Well, I don't think it's unfair. Um, it's definitely a step in the right direction for the Giants. You know, something was clearly wrong with that offense. Kenny Galladay against the Bucks, only two targets. Um, where is Kadarius Tony? You see him some games because everybody on the Giants is dead and they have to play him. In other times when people are somewhat healthy, they're not even using him. Uh, a clearly gifted player that just wasn't out there on the field for some reason. Uh well, you got to get Darius Slayton his looks, you know? Yeah, you need Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, and hey, that Kyle Rudolph Hawking touchdown, if you get in the red zone. Yeah. Uh, it was a much-needed move. just throw it to Andrew offense. Thomas, I mean. You know, maybe this was a hit job by Freddie Kitchens to get back into calling plays. <laughs> but it feels like, it feels like uh, not much is really going to change with the Giants here because there are just so many more problems at so many more levels. Like, okay, good. You fired Jason Garrett. What are you going to do about Dave Gettleman now getting his hog mauling <laughs> players on the front lines? What are you going to do about Joe Judge now? <laughs> like the, the biggest thing the Giants have done to the league and will do to the league is continue to vouch for taunting calls that are ruining the league. So, um, I could go on for a while about this, but I'm just going to say it's a tiny step in the right direction for the Giants. Yeah, uh, I think this is a little bit of a, a scapegoat on the whole coaching staff to get rid of Jason Garrett because he's obviously one of the better known faces there. Um, and I, I mean, uh, not that I think Jason Garrett should have stayed as often the coordinator because he. He probably deserved to be fired, but uh, yeah, I think it, it could spell trouble for the rest of rest of the guys, and you know, Joe Judge might might be done after this year, uh, especially if it's, they they don't you know show anything towards the end of the season. I mean, Daniel, Daniel Jones obviously question mark as well. I think he'll probably get at least one more year. Um, that's the thing. They are they're in limbo. The whole organization is in limbo. The Daniel Jones situation is going to be so complicated to work through. Um, yeah, and then you have talented players here and there on the roster. 
it's just it the roster hasn't meshed in so long uh and poor saquon he's just he's just not in a great great situation to really come back and put up great numbers yeah it's it's unfortunate Uh, i kind of feel like saquon might be on the downswing of his career just because of the injuries and the situation and um because he was you know such a talented prospect that it you know, I, I talked about how much I love Jonathan Taylor um, coming out of college. He was like, he's like, uh, you know, I've only really been like watching tape on prospects um, since Saquon's draft. So it's only like three or three or four drafts. Um, but it's uh, Saquon has, it was just like by far the best prospect I ever, ever watched. Uh, it was just so clear. Um, Jonathan Taylor was, was my number two. Um, but Saquon, it, it was just so clear how good he was compared to everybody else. Um, and it's just unfortunate that we haven't really seen that develop. I mean, obviously he's had moments at the NFL, but uh, never really ascended to that elite status. Yeah, and never really had that that supporting cast around him. Yeah, and not to say that that he can't still do it. it uh, I'm just saying I'm, I'm getting worried that, it, that it might not ever happen. Yep. I agree. Totally. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, moving on to uh, another coach who uh, might be in a little hot water. There were reports that Matt Nagy could be fired after this. Oh, well, there, there, the report said that Matt Nagy was informed that he was going to be fired after, uh, this, this Thanksgiving day game. Um, Matt Nagy denied that. He said, you know, he has great communication with ownership and uh, he was not told this at all. So, I mean, I don't know why you would tell some a coach that you're going to fire him after the upcoming game. You might as well just fire him. Uh, it, it, I, I don't know what incentive the coach has to do any work for the game if, uh, if he knows he's going to get fired no matter what. Um, but, uh, you know, he... What what do you think make of the situation? Do you think uh, Matt Nagy is lying, or (laughs) (laughs) the way you said that? (laughs) You know what my take on this is that this report is complete BS, and here's why: Matt Nagy comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. There's no way this is his fault. Okay, it's the same way that if a coach comes from the McVeigh coaching tree, nothing's their fault. Just like if a coach comes from the Belichick coaching tree, nothing's their fault. All right. Matt Nagy is a great coach. No, I'm kidding. I should have <laughs> saved that for overreactions, but I was dying to make that joke. Um, yeah, I, I believe that Matt Nagy's lying. And this is completely, <laughs> completely true. And. It is interesting because the Bears, in all of their existence, have never fired a coach midseason. Really? Um, right. So maybe, maybe they just, they're kind of like me and they're awkward with, you know, laying down the tough news sometimes. And, yeah. you know, they decided that pro football talk would be the ones to tell them instead of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, firing a coach midseason, uh, you know, was, was much rarer back back in the day it's not until fairly recently that that started becoming the norm that teams started doing that Uh, it used to happen like every once in a while but not very often um so i i i doesn't like it's still kind of surprising that that's never happened but they the bears have had 
some, you know, pretty good coaches back, uh, you know, through their history. Um, Matt Nagy might, might not be one of them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we did, and we did see that, uh, story that, uh, he was apparently, you know, people were chanting that he would be fired at his son's football game. Um, you know, maybe not the, the best place to tell him to, you know, start chants of fire Nagy, but you know, got to get your point across somehow. How old is his son? Do you know? Uh, I think he was like 13 or something. Uh, yeah, but... That's what I was imagining. Like this is happening at a youth football game, which <laughs> is just incredibly inappropriate on and wrong on so many levels. Uh, you know, there's a time and place for these chants. That place, Soldier Field, not <laughs> a youth football park. But hey, I don't know what's going on through those fans' minds. Uh, yeah, they, they endured some interesting stuff. Somebody, I don't know if I couldn't verify this little fact, but somebody on Twitter responded to that and they're like, yeah, well, people went to Mark Tressman's daughter's sports games and did that too. <laughs> like, well, okay, Bears fans, not, not cool. Yeah, it's like save that for Philadelphia. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. what Philadelphia fans do. You guys yeah. are better than this. Maybe some awkward PTA meetings after uh, after Matt Nagy's fired. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that's just uh, that's that's rough stuff. I, I really do feel for Matt Nagy on that level, and it's it's a shame because uh, he didn't win Coach of the Year in 2018, did he? He did. Yeah. He so it's tough to see a fall from grace like that because. You thought they were mostly pushing all the right buttons that year, and you thought the Bears, hey, they're going to be a thing for years to come. But Yeah, and it's kind of weird because Matt Nagy has had a pretty good record as the Bears coach. Like, he's never had a losing season, uh, probably changing this year. But, uh, you know, it, it, they, they're never like a great team, but they always manage to, you know, squeak out some wins. Yeah, that's the thing with the Bears is, like, they never made huge – roster moves after Khalil Mack like they made small small upgrades that you almost didn't notice on the roster for years to come after that it almost you know the roster just got significantly worse over the years and uh you know you can credit Ryan Pace for that or whoever but major changes incoming for the Bears I hope it doesn't set them back like five years yeah (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Bears is if Justin Fields is the guy, because that if Justin Fields is their you know franchise quarterback, then you know that's a huge win, and they can build around him. So we'll we'll just have to time will tell if that's the case. Yeah, but but while we're talking about, it, why don't we preview these uh, these Thanksgiving Day games? Uh, it's going to be great. Um, Bears. At the Lions, uh, you know, I, what what more could you ask for? Andy Dalton versus possibly Tim Boyle, possibly Jared Goff. You know, we'll see. I want every single Bears player at the end of the game to go to the Lions <laughs> logo in the middle of the field and turn to Matt Nagy and say, oh, captain, my captain, like Dead Poet Society. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I we really – we get cursed with – a game like this on Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff to start the Thanksgiving day off with heavily political discussions at your family's 
feast, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a recipe to make this day really bad. Um, yeah, you, I, it's, I, it's I, harder to, it's harder to bow out of that, those political discussions. You're like, no, I'm just really, I'm just really into this Jared Goff versus uh, Andy <laughs> Dalton game. <laughs> hey, you remember that one Thanksgiving where uh, Chase Daniel started? That was a game right there. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, maybe the Lions uh, don't produce the best Thanksgiving Day games, but <laughs> hey, man, I, Khalif Raymond's filling the seats. <laughs> uh, if I'm the Bears, if I'm being any bit serious about this game, um, if I'm the Bears, I want to see what David Montgomery can do. Give him the full workload. Uh, just game plan around him so Matt Nagy doesn't have to draw up his Matt Nagy-ish plays in his last Matt Nagy coaching start. Yeah, Dave, Dave Montgomery's looked really good when he's when he's been in there. Obviously, he was hurt for part of the season, um, but I think he's kind of continued where he where he left off last year. And Darnell Mooney is become a thing, dude. Like Darnell Mooney's like pretty good. Yeah, he is a classic case of patience in holding him on your bench in fantasy yeah. <laughs> just patience patience and then he's gonna start giving you 100 yard games here and there uh really surprised he had this game like this i wouldn't call it breakout but this great game against the ravens because that game had like zero offense from the yeah. bears <laughs> but i digress he did it from a bomb from andy dalton like we all expected so yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton's still a, a competent quarterback, so uh, uh, this game, this could be a game here. Um, well, I mean, if he's a competent quarterback, he really should just light up the Lions. But you know, hey, we'll we'll see. Lions obviously putting up fights. Um, hopefully, they do so this this week. Um, that's the, the. But fortunately, we get a little bit of a better game right after that. The uh, the Raiders at the Cowboys. Cowboys obviously coming off a really disappointing game. I mean, two out of three games, their offense has just fallen completely flat. Um, something we really didn't see from them the first, what, uh, seven weeks or seven, eight weeks. Um, they they had been super consistent on offense and you know pretty consistent on defense too. But um, well, what do you make of this? Do you think this is uh, – are you worried about the Cowboys in this game? This game, no, I'm not worried simply because they were <laughs> gifted with a, <laughs> a game against the Raiders while they're figuring things out. Um, but it not having Amari in there and CD Lamb, I think he's out this week, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, um, not having those guys in there really affected Dak, and his next best guy to throw to in there is Dalton Schultz. So I imagine they'll give Zeke a heavier workload if Zeke's healthy. Yeah. But, yeah, they're dealing with a few injuries right now. And Dak's just not – he's not grooving at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll have to see that. That's obviously a big hit. Um, They did get Michael Gallup back last week, um, so maybe another week back um, makes makes him a little bit better. Yeah. uh, I, th- I think Tyron Smith is coming back for this game. Um, so that's obviously huge. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I agree that I think they'll probably take this game fairly easily against the Raiders, but you never know. I mean, I feel like I can just always 
count on the Cowboys to disappoint every once in a while. And that's what they, they've done two of the past three weeks. Um, and why I'm not, not too worried about them winning a Super Bowl. So, Yeah, one thing I'm just so confident in is the Raiders just putting a freaking stinker out, <laughs> and out here for this game. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I think it'd be be fun to get to watch them on Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I haven't watched like a full Raiders game in a little while. Probably for good reason. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> going really back to my joke. To. Going back to my joke because this only happens once every eight years uh, that Matt McGloin once <laughs> played a Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys in 2013. That is true. I, I, I doubt that, that he will play in another Thanksgiving game after after this one. I doubt he'll play in this one, but even well, maybe, sit on the side. Maybe when the XFL comes back, he can play a the <laughs> XFL Thanksgiving game. Oh, uh, yeah. Got, gotta love the Mount Begloin revenge game. Um, <laughs> and then we got a, got a pretty good night game, I'd say. Uh, Bills at Saints. Um yeah, both these teams lost last week. Uh, Bills have obviously been very inconsistent, um, uh, especially lately. Um, Saints still haven't won uh, with Trevor Simeon. Um, it seems like Trevor Simeon comes alive at like the end of the game every week. Um, somehow starts scoring, uh, and, and you know the two weeks before this past one, he got him in position to tie or win the game um so i mean it's not just garbage time but uh he just he he just gets a guy i feel like they got to do some of the stuff they're doing in their two-minute offense earlier in the game um to get him going with these injuries the saints uh really are not able to catch a break uh mark ingram and alvin Kamara didn't practice today and then uh yeah everybody's like one of the guys that some people were waiting on in fantasy to break out, but after a while just gave up on, but still had hope for uh, Adam Troutman. He started to come alive a little <laughs> he, bit and then strained his game. MCL. <laughs> He's out for like four to six weeks now. So it's like the Saints just can't catch any breaks on that front. Um, I mean, but Traquan Smith is back now. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Know, I mean, clear cut wide receiver four. <laughs> so good for them. Uh, I I just refuse to say Trevor Simeon's like bad. I think as a backup, he's playing better than most. Yeah, he's not terrible, but like he has no weapons, and uh, I think the defense needs to play a little bit better too. I mean, they gave up gave up three rushing touchdowns to Jalen Hurts last week. If somebody was like sitting at the bar and and we're like, can you believe how many games this guy started for the Broncos? I'd be like, actually, yeah, I, I yeah. can see that happening. <laughs> Maybe they weren't great starts, but he he's good enough to start. Yeah, uh, apparently better than Taysom Hill. So, dude, that contract, <laughs> I Taysom Hill is. I don't know what blackmail he has on the Saints organization, but he's well paid. I mean, he's very well paid. <laughs> Uh, Sean Payton just loves like having the Taysom Hill gadget role. Like I think that's why he 
he he just loves having having him and bring him in for that. I don't know if it's just just one of his quirks, but uh, there there is something that just he gets off to that. Yeah, and I'm sure there's other weird parts of that contract too that are like okay but if he plays as a tight end for this amount of snaps you have to pay him this amount in bitcoin and then this <laughs> amount in ethereum and this and and then this part in actual cash like just a weird contract for a weird guy yeah um but uh they still won't start him with uh they for trevor Simeon, so uh <laughs> Yeah, I I think the Bills probably get this one, but I don't know. I could definitely see the Saints Saints winning here. Um, but I, I thought they were going to win last week, and they did not. So, yeah, earlier in the season, I would be like all on the Bills train, but they're just now they're worrying me like extremely. I I'm extremely worried about this team. And they need to find their swagger back. Josh Allen needs to find his swagger back. And they need to at least try for just one drive to commit to running the ball. Just try it out. Yeah. So that you don't just, have to pass so many times and just make feed these Matt crazy Breida, I mean. Just feed the beast that is Matt Breida. Just try it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I think they they're just against running the ball uh, there I, I don't know uh we'll, we'll see what happens with the bills uh they looked like the best team in football um just a few weeks ago and now they do not <laughs> they look like the 2017 bills <laughs> <laughs> yeah they need to find something that they can do really well um i i guess their defense has been you know they've still been one of the best defenses in football. So, it, but it's just hard to consistently be a great defense, as we saw last week when Jonathan Taylor just ran all over them. So, um, they need they they really need to just get their passing game going. In my opinion, uh, it just hasn't been as consistent and explosive as it was last year. It was so weird though, this Colts game, Bills game. Like, it was fourteen nothing. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor was going to have his his freaking game, but their touchdown, their first touchdown they scored, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs, that was a beautiful pass and a yeah. even better catch. I mean, and I was thinking like, okay, the Bills, the Bills got this, they can do it. And then it was forty-one fifteen before you knew it. Yeah, just like <laughs> wow, man. I they mean, still Stephon, have flashes of like that greatness. They just Stephon Diggs had two it. touchdowns, he had, but those were his only two catches the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just hasn't been as as dynamic. I think Josh Allen hasn't been as as, as great as last year. Um, not and you know, obviously they're not a bad team. They're certainly still a good team. Um, they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I would expect, um, but who knows in the AFC? It's it's crazy. Um, there are a lot of teams vying for that, you know, wild card and and. I, I don't even know. I like the Patriots are leading that division, and I don't think they're giving it up anytime soon. So we'll see you there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, those are all the Thanksgiving Day games. Um, were there any? Um, I, I, I feel like uh, we, we should talk a little bit about the Packers Vikings game from last week because that 
uh, was uh, it was a pretty wild one. Um, great shootout there between uh, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Um, pretty much lost me my fantasy matchup because I was playing against Jack, who had uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. Um, so when the Vikings put up thirty-one point, uh, thirty-four points, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to lose that. Not much I can do. Well, what did we talk about? We have been talking about this for the past few weeks. Is you can always count on a Vikings game to end thirty-four to thirty-one. They might win that <laughs> or they might lose that, but it's always going to be thirty-four to thirty-one. And what happened against the Packers? The Vikings went up by double digits. That got diminished. Yep. Vikings have to fight back even harder. Can't let the foot off the gas. Um, all jokes aside, Kirk Cousins really like I. I don't like Kirk as much as you do, but I definitely liked him more after this game because there were multiple throws he made that were eventually completed, but he got popped extremely hard. But he hung in there to make the throw instead of just like completely folding. Um, and he tossed a great game. Yeah, Kirk's played so well this season. Uh, on, on BFF, he's the number two ranked quarterback behind Tom Brady. Um, the rating of over 90, which is insane. Um, uh, so, I mean, Kirk's having a phenomenal season. Um, he played very well in this game. Aaron Rodgers played great as well. Um, MVS even got going in this game. So The MVS know. return game, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, when MVS has a long touchdown, it's, it's hard to beat the Packers. But uh, Vikings managed to get it done. Kirk did throw an almost pick on that last drive uh, that, that won the game. Um, but I think Kirk being he he's been aggressive. You know, he was saying after the game that like he was like he was like um oh, maybe I was too aggressive and got away with some stuff. But you know, I you know I think it's good when that when Kirk's aggressive. He's he's a better quarterback that way. Definitely agree, and I wonder if and when this Justin Jefferson streak is going to end. But it just I don't think it's going to cool off anytime soon as long as the Vikings keep doing what they're doing. Just freaking keep the foot on the gas pedal because the game will end with a total that goes over 60. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Justin Jefferson is just a beast. Uh, he's one of the best receivers in football. Might might be top five at this point. Um, you know, Ian Jamar Chase... The fact that he and Jamar Chase played together, I mean, no wonder that LSU team was so good. Yeah, ridiculous. And it seems like Adam Thielen will like come to life late in games too. It just everybody on that offense is getting involved. Adam Thielen's a great receiver too. I feel like he he's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. Yeah, he's. It, it's weird because he just gets completely overshadowed by Justin Jefferson now that I, I don't even realize when he has like his multiple touchdown games or even like snacks. I mean, he's, he's automatic in the red zone. Like it's, he's just going to score every week. I've done so many just Adam Thielen touchdown prop bets and it's it's hit so many times for me. Just include that in your parlay every week. Adam Thielen, anytime touchdown score. Uh, yeah, I think I might for Pep's picks, honestly. With Justin Jefferson hogging the spotlight, guess not many people are betting on Adam Thielen. You need to add those plus props. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, were there any other good NFC games? Pretty much talked about all the the AFC teams. Um, Arizona, Seattle. I mean, uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals look like the best team in the NFC. I guess you know we'll see when Kyler Murray comes back. That that we kind of need that to confirm that. Forty um, Niners heating up. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Bucks, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quick, uh, quick hit on 49ers Jags. It was seventeen nothing, and the Jaguars had only run four plays at that point. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was. Uh, I don't even know how that happens. Uh, the the 49ers are starting to look way better though now with uh, Brand Nayu getting involved, George Kittle obviously um, back and um, you know having some great touchdowns. Uh, Kyle Shannon seems to be uh, getting this offense going. Yeah, things are starting to click for this team. We thought they were down and out for the count, but they uh, they're back. I guess if you want to call that being back, you know, yeah. wins a win against the Jags, but they're definitely playing more complete, and they yeah. don't. Kyle's not as confused as he was to start the season. Yeah, big matchup next week: 49ers against the Vikings. Um, I think both those teams are are pretty strong for you know what the record is. I think they're both better than the record, so um, definitely both playoff contenders, and that'll be a, a big matchup. Uh, in the NFC. Looking that's forward gonna, to that one. That's going to be a big game. And fantasy wise, that's going to be fireworks. Um, and, and quickly, uh, wh- what do you think of the Seahawks? Like, I, I, do you think uh, is Pete Carroll's job in jeopardy? Uh, you know, obviously there were rumblings for Russell Wilson leaving this past off season. That could resurface again this year. Um, and this, I, I just think the Seahawks team is bad. So I was about to turn it back to the Seahawks because uh, I think before the first half ended of that game, I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, we are never betting on any Seahawks prop for the rest of the season. It's time to (laughs) face reality. The Seahawks are not good. They are not good. They have individually, you know, some talented players here and there, but they are not good as a unit and they're not going to get better in this season. The Seahawks are going to get significantly worse as this season plays out. And yeah, I think Pete Carroll's job is in jeopardy. Uh, they need to do a, they need to make a lot of changes. It's very clear. Yeah, uh, I I think that's well said. Um, all right, well that was um, kind of an uh, almost an overreaction in itself, but I think we are going to move to our overreaction segment here. Um, Pep, do you have your ready, yours ready, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I feel like this has been a, a little bit of an overreaction pod for me, but you know, I'm going to stick to a little commentator theme here, as I just complained about Gus Johnson calling the Lions-Browns game. But what are we doing over at CBS having Jim Nance and Tony Romo call the 1 p.m. Ravens-Bears game? <laughs> Didn't you find that a little bizarre? I, I did. Uh, I guess they thought that was going to be a, a good game before when Lamar, they thought Lamar might play. Um, I don't know. It still, still doesn't seem very interesting, so I don't know why they why they had him call it. I guess did Fox just have all the good games? Like, right. And, yeah. I, and I was thinking, like, uh, okay, well, maybe they're – I like Charles Davis and Ian Eagle. I just didn't expect them to use them for the 
the top game. And they used Charles Davis and Ian Eagle on Raiders Bengals. And <laughs> I, I just don't know what they're doing. And it it's stupid to get mad at, but it pissed me off because, you know, anytime there's even like a somewhat good game in the 4 p.m. slot, Fox just throws Troy and Joe on the game. <laughs> they just throw them in there. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. just, it was a real head scratcher uh, for me. Yeah. It felt like uh chiefs uh, Cowboys would have been perfect for, for Tony Romo. You know, obviously his Cowboys against, you know, the chiefs who he loves to commentate every week. Yeah. He's, so. Holmes is incredible, Jim. Watch this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, obviously Fox, you know, Fox had the game and you know, that's, that's their top commentator team. So makes sense. Um, but no, I, I like that overreaction. Um, my overreaction is uh, about about Tim Boyle, and I'm just like, <laughs> how is this guy in the NFL? Um, and that's, I'm not trying to be mean to the guy, really. Um, but uh, you know, I I didn't really look into it much. I didn't really care. I'm like, Lions are bad. They're playing their backup quarterback. Who cares? And then Scott Hansen makes the point that. Uh, you know, he had more interceptions than touchdowns in college, more than twice as many interceptions than touchdowns in college, in fact. Uh, so I'm like, I, I got to look this guy up and, you know, find out a little more about him. But th- there is like so little information about Tim Boyle out there. Like I I did some investigative journalism and actually, you know, started started texting some people who, uh, who may have uh, had some people who knew Tim Boyle back in the day. And I, I still found, found out nothing about him, but the little I found out about him is that, um, he, he, in high school, he, uh, he went to Xavier high high school in, uh, Middletown, Connecticut. Um, and went, managed to win three, uh, you know, championships or whatever with them that you went in college. I don't know what, what kind, um, but apparently did that. Then I, I looked up his college stats and on, collegereference.com i had texted you guys this guy threw one touchdown and 13 interceptions i'm like how 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 is this guy a thing maybe like he was a good rusher in college so i look up at rushing stats he has negative 122 yards (laughs) so i'm like what I, i i don't understand and then i find out um he actually played one more season um after so those three seasons were in uconn he then transferred to Eastern Kentucky, uh, and for some reason, that's not even on College Reference. That's how little this guy—it's <laughs> the Bishop Sycamore <laughs> of colleges. They—they they don't even care. Like they're just like, yeah, we don't need that. We don't need to update this. It's, it's fine. Nobody's ever going to look up Tim Boyle because um, he's not going to the NFL. But he did have a bounce. His best season with Eastern Kentucky, uh, where he uh, threw for. 2,134 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. So, you know, improved his touchdown to interception ratio by 1,000%. So uh, that's that's good, I guess. Um, but legitimately, that's his best season. You know, overall, uh, I, I looked up, you know, what I, I heard. I looked up his, his Wikipedia, and it's like, oh, well, he uh, signed us an undrafted free agent with Packers. Um, and he had an impressive preseason. So I'm like, all right, I'm looking up his preseason stats for the 2018 season. So in 2018 preseason, he, overall he was 26 of 53, so still under 
50% completion percentage for 294 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. So he did throw more touchdowns than interceptions. So uh, I, I just, I just don't understand. I, this guy must be like the greatest locker room guy in the world. Um, is my only conclusion here. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad now that he's not probably not going to start on, on Thursday. It looks like Jared Goff is probably going to start. Uh, I hope I hope we get Tim Boyle, though, because uh, I, I want to see him and see if he can throw more touchdowns and interceptions. That was incredible, Alex. <laughs> that little story right there. I... I spent way too much time looking into Tim Boyle and found very little information. Well, it, um, he's, he's an anomaly. <laughs> he's just an anomaly. And because of that overreaction, I'm just going to go into my sleeper league right now and spend the rest of my budget trying to pick him <laughs> up. I actually haven't used any of it this season, so I'm just going to use all of it. Well, I just spent like $30 on Adrian Peterson, and then he just immediately got cut. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Boyle, he, he's going to go down as – will people even remember him? No, nobody will remember him. Nobody Maybe will this, remember him like two weeks from now. Two weeks from now, you're going to look up Tim Boyle, and the only thing that will pop up is this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to make that the title of the podcast. It's gotta, it got, got to involve Tim Boyle. So That, to me, makes him like the most interesting guy in the NFL. <laughs> what dude i i completely agree i'm like this is this is fascinating to me when scott hansen said that and I, I i spent way too much time just trying to find out more about tim boyle and just there there is just not much out there can you imagine going to school with him for three years at uconn while he just did nothing but throw interceptions and run backwards dude, you know we, we, we gotta get tim boyle on this podcast uh. Dude, I will I will reach out to him. I'll just start tweeting him every hour. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's a promise here, guys. Uh, we will have Tim Boyle on this podcast eventually. Uh, might be next week. Might be uh, 20 years from now. But uh, it, it will happen. Just keep listening to every episode, and uh, eventually you will hear Tim Boyle. All right. Yeah, that's well, an overreaction. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We will play it out on, with Scott Messina featuring Eric Scott. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I'm playing the whole song. I'm just saying so you know. right. that. To bet on sports. Searching for
down I know it's there Keep God and family first Without regret Rejoice, be glad they Thank you. 